This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're going to go way back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and this is the first time in the scripture that the Holy Spirit is mentioned. In Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So the very first time um, that the Holy Spirit is mentioned. Now you guys know there's the Godhead, which is the three-in-one God, the Trinity. Who's the first one? God. Come on, y'all are going to help. We're going to be interactive. God the Father, okay? Then we have Jesus, okay? And then we have the Holy Spirit. So it's three people. They're three separate, but all in one. All God. All the Godhead. So we're going to talk about each one. So God, let's take God. Where does God live at? Everywhere, heaven, good answers. Inside of us, some, yes, yes. Let's go and look at the scripture. Turn to Psalm 47, 8. We're going to look at where all three of the Godhead are at, living at. Psalm 47. This was really interesting when I started studying this out. Psalm 47 and verse 8. Psalm 47, verse 8. It says, God reigns above the nations, sitting where? On his holy throne. Where's his holy throne at? In heaven. So he is in heaven, yes, and he sees the whole earth. He made the whole earth. He's everywhere at once, yes. But God is in heaven on his throne, okay? So that's the first person of the Godhead. Let's go to the second, Jesus. Where is Jesus at? Could have a lot of different answers. My first answer was, well, he's in my heart. Jesus is in my heart. Our little kids, we teach them that, that, you know, you ask Jesus into your heart and he lives in your heart. But let's go to the scriptures and see what it says. Turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Where is Jesus living? Mark chapter 16. And verse 19, now I'll give you some uh, background on this scripture. This is after the resurrection, so after Jesus has already been resurrected and he appeared to the disciples and he told them some things. This is what he told them, Mark chapter 16 and verse 19. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, the disciples, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor where? At God's right hand. Okay, so where's God? God's in heaven on his throne, right? Where's Jesus? He's at God's right hand, so he's in heaven. And yes, they can see us, they're everywhere. So you might say, where are you going with this? Well, we have one person left, don't we? The Holy Spirit. Let's see 
about the Holy Spirit then. Um, Let's turn to just two books over, John 14, two chapters over. John 14, or sorry, book, yes. John 14, and we're going to read a series of scriptures about what Jesus was teaching about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, because we want to be scriptural in what we believe. John chapter 14, we're going to read verses 15 through 20 first. And this was, again, Jesus was speaking with his disciples before the resurrection, okay? So before he had been crucified, he was speaking to them, and he was pro- there was, this was where the Holy Spirit was promised. Verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. These are the people that are obeying God's commandments. We know him. That's our promise. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Isn't that interesting? He lived in them now through salvation, through believing in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes, okay, in a measure to each of us. But then the promise was also, Jesus said, he said, and later will be in you. Verse 18, love this promise. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me. But you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So see, the disciples were really sad because Jesus was telling them, I'm going away. I'm leaving you. And for three years, all they had known was Jesus was with them. Jesus was good. He did all these miracles. And then Jesus you know, breaks the bad news and says, but I've got to leave and you're going to be alone, but you're not really going to be alone because I'm sending someone that's going to live in you. Okay. So the promise of the Holy Spirit was given before Jesus left. He started talking to him. He started preparing him for it. Okay. So when does the Holy Spirit come? Let's keep reading. Verse 25. Let's skip down. Verse 25 of John 14. Jesus said, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. How many of you are glad for that gift? You can receive that. If there's anxiety in your life, your heart is unsettled, you can say, Father, thank you for the gift of peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. 
So do you see the promise? Jesus is telling them, if I don't go away, if I don't leave the earth, then the Holy Spirit can't come. And, so, and again, imagine being a disciple. This would just be, your mind would be like, but wait, I can't wrap, wrap my mind around that. I can't comprehend that. Because all they knew was Jesus in the flesh. Jesus right there in front of them. They didn't know about walking in faith and walking in the Spirit. Having the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Listening for that voice on the inside. They had Jesus right here telling them what to do. Loving them, correcting them, leading them. But he said, if I don't go away, the Father can't send the advocate, the helper. And there's a lot of different names of the Holy Spirit. We'll study that in the future. So Jesus said, I'm going to leave you. So the Holy Spirit is the person, those three people in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is the person who dwells with and in God's people on earth. Y'all see that? It's the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells in us. That's what the Bible said. He's the one that comes in. So if we want to get to know the deep things of God, we have to get to know his spirit. And the Bible calls him the spirit of truth. Talked about that through those scriptures, the spirit of truth. If you have trouble discerning what is truth, ask the Holy Spirit because he is the spirit of truth. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at a lot of scripture, and you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is so misunderstood. Pastor has laid a great foundation. How many of you grew up in a church that did not believe in the Holy Spirit? Um, in our working, in our world today, I did. Anybody else? I grew up Methodist. Honestly, I had never even heard about the Holy Spirit. Now, probably a lot of that was because I wasn't paying attention. Um, and there just wasn't a whole lot going on. When I was 13, I did give my heart to Christ because we had a really good pastor at that time. But the Methodist church did this wonderful thing of every four years, they would rotate the pastor in and out. So at that time, there was a really good pastor, and I gave my heart to Jesus, and then they shipped him out. And I just turned away. Didn't know anything else, didn't learn anything else there. And uh, it wasn't until I actually met Stormy and his family that I heard about the Holy Spirit. But we need to be Bible taught. Then I started reading. I'm like, wow, they left a lot of things out. And that's why we have to study the scripture so we know what is God's will for us today on the earth. So let's look at Acts chapter 1. I know you guys have read this the past few weeks. This is when the, the promise of the Holy Spirit comes. Um, so this is still Jesus, verse 4. So Jesus has come back, and he's eating with them, and he tells them something. He says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Now, who is the gift? The Holy Spirit. So he said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So again, pastor taught us that's two separate experiences. You have baptism with water, 
and baptism with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is telling them, you need to wait. He did not suggest that they should wait. He did not recommend it. Rather, what did he do? He commanded them. And he said, you are to wait. It's like your little kids. You don't say, well, you know, if you feel like it, why don't you think about going to bed? No, you say, it's time for bed. You go get in bed. It's nine o'clock or whatever time they go to bed. You Again, it's not a suggestion. It's not something, well, if you think it's right for your life, then do it. No, Jesus commanded. And he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the promise has come. Did they? And I know Stormy's already told me what he's going to be speaking on next week. He said a little bit about Pentecost last week. And he's going to get into that about how many people were there. Let me just tell you, Jesus told them, don't start your ministry. Don't start preaching the gospel, even though he had told them back in Mark, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But he said, wait, wait, wait on this. Wait till you jump out there in ministry until you have this gift. That would have been hard, probably. Because they have the promise. They want to go out and do this. They've been commissioned, go out and do this. But Jesus is telling them, don't start your churches yet. Wait for the power to come and live in you. They had a measure of it, but they needed the power in them. Okay, so there were 500 people there. If you read this, and pastor's going to teach on that next week about Pentecost, 500 people there. Let's look at verse 15. Let's see how many waited. Verse 15, during this time when about 120 believers were together. So 380 did what? They left and went out in their own power, their own abilities. They thought they were too smart. They didn't need to wait. They thought, I can go out and do this on my own. Any of y'all ever do that? You ever get out in front of God? Okay, we get a little glimpse, a little piece. Maybe this is what we're supposed to do, a little leading. And then we just jump on out there and go. Not waiting for the Spirit to be there with us. So important to wait for the leading of the Spirit, especially those of you that have a strong personality. And I'll lift my hand up too, that we've got to wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit and His leading us and guiding us to step out before we do it on our own, okay? Because if we step out without Him, He's like, oh, well, I hope you have a good time there. His grace is always there, but again, why should He have to bless something that He didn't, it's, He's not the originator of it. Okay, so wait for him. So 120 of the disciples were willing to wait. That's good. If you read through the book of Acts, and if you've never done that, I suggest you do. Get a good translation. I love the New Living Translation. And read through the book of Acts because it's about the church being formed. And what the the disciples did and how churches came about and what the believers did and how they lived. Very interesting. They needed the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is throughout the book of Acts. So where there is no Holy Spirit, again, there's no life. There's no love. Have you ever met someone? Sometimes I read in the newspaper and there's some people that write in to the editor. And it's not very loving. 
They're Christians, but it's not very loving and kind. And they say things very judgmental. And I wonder, is that the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit, if he's leading them, it would be loving and it would be kind. And yes, it would be the truth. We need to speak up for truth, but it wouldn't be hurtful to people. And so we need the Holy Spirit. Without him, there isn't love. There isn't life. So we can't study the work of the Holy Spirit without getting to know him intimately. We've got to get to know him. Or you know what? All it is, it becomes knowledge in your head. And just like those people I said that write in sometimes, have you ever met somebody like that? They know a whole lot here. And they use it. They use it. It's almost like they cut people with their knowledge. Instead of using the Bible as the guide to love people, they use it to cut people down. It's, the Bible says the spirit is life, but the letter of the law kills. It kills people. If all we have is the letter of the law and no spirit with it, it's not going to be good for us. So we need the Holy Spirit. We've got to get to know him Personally, So let's look at Paul. He wrote to the church in Corinth. So let's look at the very last thing, 2 Corinthians, the very last book of 2 Corinthians, which is chapter 13. And let's see, what did Paul say the very last thing to them? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read... Verse 14, this is the New King James. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, so there's one member of the Godhead, and the love of God, there's two, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now this communion, this word that he's talking about, it's not what we you know, we do communion here as a church every other month, and we it's the bread and the wine. That's not the Greek word here. This Greek word, it's pronounced, it's something like koinonia. And this word, when he says the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, it means fellowship, companionship, communication, intimacy, sharing together, social intercourse, Partnership, joint participation, and close mutual association. That's what Paul was praying for the church at Corinth, that they would have such close communion with the Holy Spirit. He wanted the Holy Spirit to be in them. He wanted them to know him personally, to know him intimately. So there's three areas that you could break all those things down to. The main areas the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. The first one is fellowship. You know, we say around the church sometimes, we're like, oh, let's go in fellowship. What does that mean? When you say you're going to go fellowship, you're going to hang out. Sometimes you're going to get coffee. Sometimes you may, you may eat a meal. Um, I see Ernest over here. He has his men's breakfast. Do y'all fellowship at it? You talk. You share your lives. Okay? So fellowship, it's defined as a friendly relationship, companionship, sharing together. See, when you have an intimate friend, you experience fellowship. 
It's not just someone that you see walking down the street and you say hi. No, it's someone that you're sharing your life with. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. He wants to have that intimate fellowship with us. He wants us to talk to him. And again, if you've never prayed, it's not hard. All you do is talk to him. You don't have to sound formal. You don't have to sound religious. Okay? You don't have to use these and thous in your prayer. Just say, God, I need you. I have this problem in my life. Could you help me with it? I need your help with this. And just talk to him like you would a friend. The Holy Spirit wants to do that. He wants to share your life with you. See, the early believers had a lot of communication going on with the Holy Spirit. Should it be any different today? Should our lives look any different than those early believers that we read about in Acts? Probably not. Now, we have modern technology. Sometimes that's a really good thing. Sometimes that's a really bad thing. It can be really good because technology is good. I can take lots of different scripture translations and put them in my notes. I like to pull up my Bible gateway and open five different translations and see which one of those uh, it works the best. And I love that. There's a version Bible app. How many of y'all have version on your phone? If you don't, it's a great one because it, it will send you scriptures every morning. It will tell you. And I love a lot of the people in our church. They'll take those scriptures and post them on Facebook. And you can, it'll give you a Bible reading plan where you can, it'll tell you, okay, let's read if you want to read chronologically or you want to read about um, the Apostle Paul or you want to read about, I don't even know all of them. But you can get on those different Bible plans. So there's lots of different technology things that help But that doesn't replace your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Don't let anything replace that. That's what you want, is to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. No technology could ever take the place of his voice in your life. Amen? All right. So if you honor the Holy Spirit, if he's your friend, you should be talking to him. If I have a friend and they don't talk to me, I'm like, okay, are they mad at me? Do they not like me anymore? Because if we're friends, we're sharing with each other. We talk to him, and guess what? He talks to us. And in a couple of weeks, I want to talk about if the, um, some reasons why, if the Holy Spirit's gotten quiet in your life, there's some reasons why, most likely. And, but that's not this week. So when you talk about him, he manifests. Last night I got to uh, lead prayer. Pastor Stormy was out of town, and I got to lead prayer last night, and I told him I I could sense the Holy Spirit. He's excited because we're talking about him. We're teaching about him, and his presence is showing up. When we were praying about the service, I could sense his presence here with us, and he's excited about that because we're including him. He's not being left out. We're not saying, okay, no, we don't believe in you anymore. You were in the old days, back in the days of the apostles. No, we're saying, we believe. We want you here in our lives. So he's manifesting himself. All right. And then when we talk about Jesus and glorify Jesus, that's when the Holy Spirit manifests as well. When we were singing, um, 
you know, spirit breakout, and we were talking about Jesus in the worship, you're the only king forever, the Holy Spirit starts showing up. His presence is here among us. His presence is there. You know, this past week, I went with our high school kids to desperation. And one of my favorite things was not one of the meetings. We uh, saw, Terry, Vicki, y'all raise your hands. I don't think I've even told this, this story. But their son, Aaron, many of you know Aaron, the little, the tall, skinny guy who used to be on our worship team. He's there at Bible school. And we saw Stacy, their other daughter who's there, or their daughter that's there. And she said, hey, did you know Aaron is leading a, a worship set at the prayer center? And I said, no, because he wasn't about to tell us. So I said, well, what time? So we found out it was at 4 o'clock. And there was, there was a service going on at that time. But Pastor Jimmy and I decided, and all the kids were like, can we please go, that we would go over there. So we went over them at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. They have a whole chapel, is what I would call it, dedicated to prayer and worship. So we waited till 4 o'clock, and they had 12 hours of straight worship going on in that room. Twelve. And they, had to, and they would switch leaders once every hour. So the one would stop. This girl played her last notes on the piano. Aaron sat down within seconds and started playing. And I'm going to tell you when there were 50 of us, we walked into that place. And I walked down to the front. He was playing on this grand piano. And I sensed the presence of the Lord so strong. I just began to cry. The presence of of the Lord was so strong. The Holy Spirit was just moving. In fact, we had teenagers. Nobody was praying for them. Pastor Jimmy said, y'all go in and you just worship and you start praying. It wasn't like people were walking around and laying hands on them. They were sensing the presence of the Lord so strong. They just began to cry. And there were some teenagers that had some pretty deep wounds in their life from things in the past. And in the Holy Spirit just started moving himself. And it wasn't, I mean, I'm like, oh, look at this one. I mean, and again, these are big teenagers, big cool people. And they're laid out on the floor crying because the Holy Spirit was honored there. Jesus was glorified there. And you could just sense his presence moving there. So let's look at the second main area the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. Number one was fellowship. The second one is partnership. I'm going to finish this up. He wants to have partnership with us. Let's turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And we're going to read verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. This is from the Amplified so it's going to be a little bit longer than your normal scripture reading. From the Amplified, it says, and again, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. He's talking again about when he goes away. Good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. 
But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. So Jesus said it's profitable. If something's profitable, that means it's going to show a profit in our life. It's good for us if he goes away so that the Holy Spirit could come. The New King James Version of John chapter 16 verse 7 says, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So remember, where is Jesus? Let's review. Jesus is in heaven with his father God, right? At his right hand. And the Holy Spirit is the one sent to partner with us. He is our partner in this life that we're living. Now, one day we're going to be in heaven, aren't we? That's our promise. When we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior... But on the earth, our partner is the Holy Spirit. He's our, and I loved all those names, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, counselor, comforter, helper. He's here to partner with us. And then the third area that the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives is with intimacy. Intimacy. The Holy Spirit wants to have intimacy with us. See, in order to be intimate with someone, you have to know them. You have to know their personality. You have to know what they like. You have to know what they don't like. If Stormy were to get me something, he knows there's some things that I really like. There's some things that I don't like. And if he brings me something that I absolutely hate, I'm like, does he not really know me? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to be the same way. He wants us to know him so intimately that we know what he likes. We know the things that bring him pleasure. We know the things that displease him. And again, we're going to talk about those in a few weeks. So he wants us to be intimate with him. We have to spend time with him. We have to get to know him. We have to make a commitment to communicate with him, to spend time in his presence Okay, so the Holy Spirit wants to come and you may wonder, well, why isn't he coming into my life? I haven't felt him. Are you honoring him? Are you talking to him? Are you spending time in the word of God? See, the word of God is our textbook. This is our book. You know, I went to college. I have my degree and I had a lot of textbooks that cost a lot of money that I had to read. Now, I don't remember a whole lot out of any of them. But this is my textbook for life of what God says, how I need to talk to the Holy Spirit, how I need to treat him. It's all in here. So this is our textbook for life. The Holy Spirit wants us to have close communion with him and to be intimate with him, to grow close to him. So we read word, we spend time in his presence. And then the last scripture I want to read is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I wanted to say also that, um, you know, I told you the story about the church at New Life in Colorado Springs. Have any of y'all ever felt the Lord's presence when you come into this sanctuary? I know there are times that when I walk in, I can sense, not even times, it's most of the time. I sense the Lord's presence here. And I sense him moving. Last night at our prayer time, I could sense the Holy Spirit moving. And I know A lot of the reason is you have a pastor that prays a lot in here. 
Every day at lunch, he's not out at Rudy's, and he's not out at McDonald's, and he's not out at Burger King. He's spending his lunch hour. He doesn't tell y'all that, so I'm going to tell on him and brag on him. He's spending his lunch hour in here, and he prays, and he fasts at lunch so that he can get close to the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit has a place to move. And our staff comes in here and we pray over this whole building. And we have a friend who uh, drives over here from Clovis a lot of times um, for church and he rides his motorcycle over and he, sa- he tells us, he said, when I turn on 58th Street and start coming towards the church, he said, I can sense the presence of God. He said, I can just sense Oh, it's like we're stepping into it. And that's what we want. That's what we want is that close fellowship with the Lord. We want his presence to be so close. Guess what? You can have that. How many of y'all want that for your house, for your room, for your car? You can do that. You can have the Holy Spirit in such close communion with you. You pray, you speak the word, and you're going to have that same presence. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.